When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and I do have a co-host today. Nick Horwat is back from his trip. I see you have a new hat on, <laughs> Horwat. Uh, you want to explain to the podcast-only listeners what you got on top of your head? It's just a Bucky's hat. Drove through uh, Tennessee, went to the... I forget what town it's in now, but went to the only Bucky's in Tennessee until the new one opens. We did drive past one that's in the middle of being built. Uh, and that's a life-changing experience. If you haven't been into the South... You gotta do that. It's uh, it's, it's picture a Walmart with a ton of gas state with a ton of gas pumps, and by a ton, I mean a literal ton. Uh, but it is obviously so much more than that. I'm sure everyone has seen the memes and the videos at this point. Um, and it was worth it. It was quite fun. The entire trip was really fun. I'm alive and well after Nashville, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to get back to work. It's been a while. And we know, obviously, it's nice to have a couple days off, but we do know that when we're in the zone, especially on recording days, it's all we think about until we get this recording over with. In fact, I want to tell a little story before we get into uh, Help or Hurt, which is a fun segment we're going to do to talk a little bit about some free agent forwards that the Pittsburgh Penguins could target. We're also going to do a name that stat line later in the show uh, to help us break down some of the goaltenders that are going to be available for the Pittsburgh Penguins this summer as well. But like I said, before we get into that, I woke up this morning around four o'clock to use the restroom because I have the bladder of an 80 or 80 year old man. Uh, but when I was in there and then coming back and trying to fall back asleep, I was thinking, oh, it's a recording day. We're going to talk about some speedy free agent forwards. And I was like, you know what? It's been a while since the Penguins signed Brandon Tanev. Maybe he's a free agent. I haven't checked in on that. I look and I see, oh, he has two years at three and a half million dollars left on his contract. He must have signed an extension in Seattle. Lo and behold, I completely forgot that that was a six year deal that Jim Rutherford signed to Brandon Tanev back in 2019. I completely had forgotten that at the time, Jim Rutherford signed a fourth line forward to a six-year contract for $3.5 million per season. And I just, I looked at that and I said, yeah, I need to go back to bed because either I'm hallucinating or I completely had forgotten how crazy Jim Rutherford had gotten by the end of his tenure signing these long-term deals. Do we think that deal would have been worth it had we kept him around, though? 
He has two years remaining, which means he's been on it for four years. I would say he's lived up to the three and a half million in each of the four years. I mean, he was injured last season, but you can't hold that against the man. He came back this season and he didn't miss a beat, really. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of Seattle Kraken hockey, but it seemed like he did what he's contracted to do. He was a he was a crap disturber and he put in some goals at timely moments. He put together a season that he had eighty and played all eighty two games, thirty five points. Um, is that a career high? Oh my goodness, that was a career high. So yes, you could say he uh, uh, is still doing the thing. Yeah, it, that was a contract that we looked at and went, okay, every season is a new ball game with this contract. Every season, we, it needs to be reevaluated. So far, he's passed every reevaluation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, had we not lost him to the expansion draft, obviously our bottom six would be a lot better. It'd be a little more expensive. Uh, but... Yeah, I think I think I'd be worth it. So there's that. The uh, Brandon Tanev contract has uh, turned out to be, while on a different team and while not great circumstances, a good deal for Jim Rutherford. Way to go! Yeah, I think. I, I mean, even if he falls off a cliff the last two years here, if he was with the Penguins the entire six years and he he had the four seasons that he's had so far since he signed that deal, and then even the, if the past next two seasons aren't great, I'd say that was a good signing. By Jim mm-hmm. Rutherford. So I, I just wanted to revisit that because I thought about that. I was like, man, he has two years left. And it says extension next to his name on Cap Friendly. I was like, oh, he must have he must have signed an extension. No, I, I just completely had forgotten how long, forever and ever, amen long, how long Jim Rutherford signed Brandon Tanev. And, and I remember now our reactions to that. And it was not, uh, it was not the most pretty uh, of podcasts when we were talking about Brandon Tanev being signed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a fun time, but um, I mean, like I said, it wasn't Rutherford that lost him. To be fair, this is true. Uh, this is true, and I think this just goes to show that no matter what signing is made this off season, how long the term is, even if it's for a bottom six player, which is going to be important to this off season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, just stay the course and evaluate it year by year like we were doing with Brandon Tanev because it certainly has worked out on that contract for both the player and for the team that has had him under contract, whether that be the Penguins or most recently the Seattle Kraken. But let's move over and talk a little bit about some free agents who are actually on expiring deals at the moment. We're going to call this segment Help or Hurt because I'm going to give you a name, Horwat, of a speedy free agent forward that is going to be a un- uh, unrestricted free agent, not a restricted free agent. And you're going to simply tell me whether they would help or hurt the Pittsburgh Penguins next season. Because as most of you know, head coach Mike Sullivan spoke to the media last Friday and he was asked by, I believe Dave Molinari, what is one aspect of play of that your team lacked? That's that's in, in layman's terms. That's exactly what he asked. What did your team lack when it comes to what traits were they lacking last season? Mike Sullivan said speed right out of the gate. He said team speed was was not there, is not where we wanted it to be, and that's something we'd like to change heading into next season. And then he said, yeah, and there's a bunch of other aspects. But speed is the one that he actually highlighted, actually outwardly said. So I'm going to say that's pretty high on his priority list when it comes to hoping for the players or at least conveying to Kyle Dubas what type of players he would like to get this offseason in the free agent market. So let's talk about four of them, two of them in this segment, then we'll carry over two in the next segment. Let's start with Alexander Kerfoot. 
obviously, former Toronto Maple Leaf under Kyle Dubas. He is 28 years old at the moment, a bottom six center that can also play wing and has played up and down the lineup in Toronto over the past couple of seasons. And he can kill penalties, Horwat. Would Alexander Kerfoot help or hurt the Pittsburgh Penguins? That's a, <clears throat> Off the jump, that's a tough one because you look at um, Kerfoot and you kind of figure, oh, he's not the greatest player. You, I don't necessarily think of speed when I think of Alexander Kerfoot, but um, he's probably a guy that at the end of the day could genuinely really help the Penguins out. He's probably not going to be super-duper expensive uh, coming off of a deal that netted him 3.5 against the cap. Uh, he also... From the numbers, it looks like he hasn't missed a game since before the pandemic. Uh, which, on a Toronto Maple Leafs team that is usually stacked with talent, that says something. He's played 82, two straight seasons, all 56 in the shortened year, uh, and then 65 if that is how many the Leafs played that season in the uh, in the year that got cut short. Uh, it looks like he hasn't missed a game since... You know, 2018 19, which even then he played 78. Uh, this dude's a warrior. He doesn't miss many hockey games, which is something you can immediately commend. Uh, I think he would help, though. I think just on the bottom line, almost anyone's going to help this team. <laughs> let's also let's also just be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Um, But I mean, he couldn't be more than. You're right, he could play up and down the lineup, but I just feel like he wouldn't be more than uh, a third line guy on this team, on the Penguins, that. Uh, can help out in certain situations. 82 games last season, 10 goals, 22 assists, 32 points. That's third line numbers mm-hmm. for the Penguins. At least that's what it should be. It, well, yeah, it wasn't really third line numbers for the Penguins last season. But then again, the Penguins really didn't have very many third liners last season. Uh, but no, for Kerfoot, the best ability is sometimes availability. And we've seen oh, that. Yeah. Certainly with the Pittsburgh Penguins and certainly in the bottom six last season. So it would be nice to have a guy that you can count on to be healthy and be in the lineup every single night. And no, he's not a burner. None of these guys that we're going to mention are are really burners, uh, but they're more fleet of foot than some of the guys that we saw on the Pittsburgh Penguins last season. Certainly more fleet of foot than uh, a Jeff Carter would be. But team speed, you want guys that can move the puck. You want guys that can get on their horse when they need to. And Alexander Kerfoot is, is that type of guy. And and the one thing I really like about him is one, you're going to get him at a discount because he's not going to be making that $3.5 million that he made on his last deal. And two, I want penalty killers. And you mm-hmm. always, always could use penalty killers, especially when they can take the face off. Alexander Kerfoot is a penalty killing center slash winger. I think that's somebody the Pittsburgh Penguins need because as I talked about, was it yesterday? I, I, this week has kind of blended together, Horwat. I talked about it at some point this week, so you can just listen to the three episodes that have already been put out, that Brian Rust needs to be taken off the penalty kill. And in order to do that, the Penguins need to bring in more penalty-killing forwards. Alexander Kerfoot fits that bill, fits the bill of a speedy free agent forward. So I'm going to say he would help the Pittsburgh Penguins' bottom six in year one, at the very least. At the very least, yes. <clears throat> like I said, it, it, pretty much anyone in this league is going to help the Penguins out in the bottom six department. That's just the way this team kind of rolls going into the summer, right? Plus, Alexander Kerfoot's got that great Kyle Dubas effect. Kyle Dubas is loyal to his guys. And yeah, there is the is connection one. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're going to find Dubas connections all over the place, I think. Mm-hmm. You're going to find connections to the Leafs and all kinds of things. It's going to be a fun summer. We might pick up a couple of Leafs in terms of players, front office, executives, 
a little bit of everything. Um, and Kerfoot could be a definite uh, benefit for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, another 28-year-old that I want to ask you about is somebody that's always seemingly been a name mentioned around the Pittsburgh bubble, but has never gotten in and been actually acquired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Somebody that we talked about at the trade deadline, somebody that we talked about last offseason as a free agent, and that's Max Domi. Max Domi is 28 years old right now, was in love with Chicago when he was there. He enjoyed playing for the Blackhawks organization. There were several stories about him potentially not wanting to be traded from the Chicago Blackhawks at the deadline. He was ended up being he did end up being dealt. Goes over to the Dallas Stars and he was great for Dallas as well in their route to a Western Conference Finals appearance. He had 20 goals and 56 points this season on a $3 million salary. Horwat would Max Domi help or hurt the Pittsburgh Penguins? This is an easy one. He would absolutely help. I mean, this is a guy that uh, we wanted the Penguins to target at the trade deadline. If if we wanted the Penguins to target them at the trade deadline, we probably still want them on this team. Easy as that. <clears throat> I mean, Max Domi played 60 games with the with the Blackhawks and is still their leading point scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, by only four points, but still he had 49 with the Hawks alone this past year. Uh, finished up in 80 games played, 20 goals, 36 assists for 56 whole points. Um, can't go wrong with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, cannot. I think that's a, an easy, of course he helps. And I didn't realize how much he's bounced around this league. Oh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's really interesting because he seems like a guy that, and he's probably going to get it if it's not, if, uh, if he doesn't come here at least, he's probably going to get the big long deal to be uh, – to be with the team for a long time. It's something he deserves. He's good enough to do something like that. And uh, he's got a great chance to really make a name for himself. Yeah, when you look at Max Domi, he's a guy that can play center. He's a guy that can play left wing. And he's certainly a player that, listen, God forbid, knock on wood, something happens to one of the top two centers. Max Domi is a name that you can plug in there. And it's not as, as drastic of a drop-off as it would be if it's Jeff Carter at his advanced age, as it is Ryan Paling, if he has to step up and, and play that role. Even going back a little bit, Teddy Bluger, even better than when we had Evan Rodriguez, who at one point was the first-line center for the Pittsburgh Penguins due to injuries. So Domi would be an improvement on all of those names over the past couple of seasons, and he can play that left wing, which is important to me. Because when we look at this team, what is the one position outside of the bottom six that they need to fill? Left wing. They do not have positional depth at left wing right now. Certainly not in the top tier. They have Jake Gensel. Then it's who? Right? Drew O'Connor's a a pending RFA. I'm assuming they're going to re-sign him or qualify him or whatever they end up doing. Yes. But Drew O'Connor is no more than a third line left wing at best. At the moment, at least. I mean, you never know what the future holds. But I would say that he's going to be a top six talent. Danton Heinen is not under contract right now. Valtteri Pustin didn't play a single game in the NHL, so I'm not ready to crown him a top six <laughs> forward uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, am I missing anybody here, Horwood? Uh, I mean, Jake Gensel is the top of the list there, and then there's really nobody underneath them. Jason Zucker, but he's also not signed. Again, yeah, not signed at the moment, and there's there's no guarantee that Jason Zucker yeah. will be signed this summer. Yeah, no guarantee at all. Uh, Alex Nylander? He flips to the right most most times, I think, so there's that. Uh, Mikhail Granlin's a center and right wing. 
Brian Russ can play either. Yeesh, yeesh, yeesh. Yeah, without taking from the right side, there's really nothing on the left side behind Jake Gensel. I'm not saying Max Domi is the end-all, be-all answer, but I'm saying he's somebody you can plug in there and play and, and probably get top six production out of when he's playing with Malkin and, and Brian Rust or Ricardo Raquel or whoever's on the right side. Yeah, so anybody, anybody to help with the left wing uh, depth would be nice and useful. And uh, Max Domi's a great option. Jason Zucker's a great option too, but again, age, hard miles. You just never know anymore. So, yeah, I like I like Max Domi, and obviously he helps. Well, yes, uh, and even though a bit undersized, he plays a similar game to Jason Zucker. He's, oh, yeah. He's a pest. He's going to get down and, you know, I, I'm not sure how much net front work he does, but he's certainly going to get into the scrums after the whistle. And, and the Penguins, I, I think I need they need a little bit more of an edge. Uh, they need more of that pest quality that's, you know, Josh Archibald type, but actually good at playing the game. Like, nothing against Josh Archibald. I, I shouldn't diss Josh Archibald because he, he did his, he played his role, right? He Correct. came in, he did the work that he was expected to do, and and lived up to the, the small contract that he was given, and that was it. So I shouldn't diss Josh Archibald, but Max Domi is basically Josh Archibald if Josh Archibald had offensive talent. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of putting it. But yeah, it's they're, yeah it's the short stature guys that uh, play like wrecking balls. Max Domi just brings an offensive edge to him. Exactly. So, you know, in retrospect, Helper Hurt's probably not a great name for this segment because I think we're probably going to say all four of these guys would help the Pittsburgh Penguins at the moment just because of how poor the bottom six was constructed last season. But we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about the other two players and whether or not it's probably going to be help. Whether or not they would help the Pittsburgh Penguins next season if they were signed. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Horwat, before we get into the second half of this help or hurt segment, talking about some speedy free agent forwards, has the smog, I guess is what you called it, reached Pittsburgh yet? Yes. Uh, so part of, um, yeah, it was definitely here while I was gone in uh, Nashville. Part of the entire trip home, basically, uh, we... <clears throat> Was well. At one point, we were in driving through Ohio farmland, where flat you can kind of see mm -hmm. through all of the farms, and also just picture the most generic farm in your head. That is exactly what this area was. Old McDonald. Um, yes, got it. Yes, <laughs> but no, it's um, we I could I was able just to kind of look out over the farmland and tell it looked like a morning fog. Uh, yeah, it looked like a morning fog in the middle of the day. So yeah, it's it's here, it's everywhere. As I look out the window yeah. right now. Um, it looks like there's a huge cloud in the sky, but there's most definitely not. So, yeah. Yeah. It's no, wild. It, and those pictures of New York last night and yesterday. Oh my goodness. Horrifying. Yeah. It, it looks like a scene out of like, I am legend or, or some post-apocalyptic. Like it, like it looks like they took the video game fallout and just put it in New York city. It's crazy. Um, and here's the thing. There have been many times where I've gotten an alert on my phone. Hey, low air quality alert. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And you can't really tell. Walked outside yesterday to go get lunch. You can tell. It, it is There's a scent, an odor to it. It's bad. So everybody out there, obviously, uh, stay safe and don't go outside if you don't have to. 
uh, just because it's not good for anybody to be breathing in uh, that. And obviously, especially everybody in Canada, stay safe. All of our Canadian listeners, we hope that uh, you aren't affected by the, the wildfires and everything that's happening north of the border. So we, uh, we send our well wishes and uh, we hope that everything hopefully comes to a conclusion up there in Canada because... Jesus, some some of the some of the videos you see, some of the reports that you hear is is not good. It yeah, <clears throat> I haven't looked too far into anything, but uh, it's been uh, it's been a I don't even want to say the word wild because it's a wildfire, but it's been interesting. It's been um, absolutely um, I've never realized how much effect a uh, something like that could have on the on the surrounding areas. Yeah, I mean we've been talking about wildfires in California for how many years now, mm-hmm. um, but this one it seems to be having a bit of a different approach and a different effect to uh, all the surrounding areas. So yeah, stay safe out there. And what did I see that uh, it's like the equivalent of six cigarettes or something like that in New York right now. Jesus. For like, I think in a 24 hour span, something interesting like that. Uh, Breathe safely and you know, hockey. Let's talk about hockey again. Yeah. It's always, it's always tough to make those transitions again. So we're going to pivot real hard to the right and uh, talk about, Speedy free agent forwards that the Pittsburgh Penguins could go after. And here's one uh, familiar name for the folks out there, whether you're listening to us anywhere you get your podcast or watching us on Inside the Penguins on YouTube. 29 years old, free agent, coming off a one-year deal with the Colorado Avalanche. Some of you already know who I'm about to say. Would Evan Rodriguez help or hurt the Pittsburgh Penguins if he rejoined them next season? See, I... Just because I always stand on weird ground with Evan Rodriguez, I, this could go either way for me. Um, obviously, he helps because, like I said before, anyone helps. I think this 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 is a guy that turns into more of a, do you want him back? I genuinely don't know. Because I'm a big fan of, especially this season for the Penguins, just finding that change. Finding the changes to um, put the team in different directions. Sure, Evan Rodriguez is a change from what we had last season but it is also just a rehashing of seasons prior so i think personally i avoid it for sake of let's find someone different but at the same time he absolutely helps absolutely helps Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and here's the weird thing with evan rodriguez he blew up last season with the pittsburgh penguins 82 games 19 goals by far a career high, 43 points by far a career high. And we said, okay, maybe it was an anomaly though, because 33 of those 43 points came in the first 30 games. And then he played decently in the playoffs and the Penguins said, you know what? We're not going to give you the $2 million. You can go find it somewhere else. He goes to Colorado. Another big portion of that was Pittsburgh Penguins dealt with injuries. We just mentioned it in the last segment at one point. Evan Rodriguez, may it be for one game or two games or whatever it was, was the number one center for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he was given an elevated platform to play, given more time on ice. So you go back to this season with the Colorado Avalanche. What does he get? Elevated minutes. Because Gabe Landeskog, I don't believe he played a single game last season. He's not playing another game next season, which kind of complicates this a little bit. They might want to bring Evan Rodriguez back because of that. But 16 goals, 39 points in 69 games. So right up there with his numbers from the season before. So is this a two-year anomaly with Evan Rodriguez? Or is this the new norm for a player who is at his peak at his prime right now? And should the Pittsburgh Penguins cash in on that? Or is he going to turn back into a pumpkin once he's handed third line minutes once again? 
That, and that's the big question. And that's the big question. I don't even think that's one that you should test. You see where I'm coming from with this is that he would definitely help, but you don't want to run that risk. You need a proven commodity. That's at least in my opinion. And like I said, I've always been on weird ground with Evan Rodriguez. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the parts of his game that I like, for one, he's fleet of foot, right? Mm-hmm. He does bring more of a speed element to his game, at least more than we saw last season. He plays all facets of the game as well. So if you need somebody on power play one, he spent some time up there. If you need somebody on the penalty kill, he spent a lot of time there. He can go up and down the lineup. He could be a fourth line left wing if you need him to be. Or he could be your first line center as we've seen. Clearly not clearly not the best of options if he ends up being your first line center, specifically if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. But hey, if you need him to be there, he can perform and he can keep his head above water. But like I said, that I don't want, as you mentioned as well, I don't want to go back after older players. Teddy Bluger might be it. Although, you know what? No, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say Jordan Stahl, after seeing some of his underlying stats, man, but I just don't want to see the team slow down more than they already have, and apparently neither does Mike Sullivan. So I would say bringing in Evan Rodriguez is more likely to hurt than help because you know what he is at his best, and he's shown it the past two seasons. Can that continue a third season when hopefully you're using him in a lesser role? I, I would lean towards no. So I would say he actually would hurt the Pittsburgh Penguins because I feel like nothing against him. I hate to say it, but seems like it's about time for the clock to strike min- midnight on his Cinderella couple of seasons. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. But yeah, it's um, the time is just most likely running out. We know what he can be at his best. We've seen it. Um, and then it was the midseason fall off. Mm-hmm. We know how quickly things changed with him. I mean, yeah, 39 points in his 69 games this past season is good. That's quality stuff for a depth player. Um, We just need the sure shot guy that's going to be beneficial full-time and that we know will. Uh, Like I said, he's an anomaly of a player. We're not exactly sure what he's going to bring year after year. So I, that's just one to avoid. Not like I said, I just want want to see change. I don't want to keep rehashing old players, uh, for the sake of thirty games of success, of success. Yeah, and here's the thing: whoever Kyle Dubas brings in, you're rolling the dice because you're not going to be able to spend an absorbent amount of money to get a sure thing in your bottom six. I just, it feels like it's a more risky roll of the dice with Evan Rodriguez. So I would say mm-hmm. hurt. I would say stay away from it. Um, even though he's probably only going to go for $2 million once again. But let's talk about somebody who I'm already going to say it before we get into it. He would 100% help the Pittsburgh Penguins. He would have helped the Pittsburgh Penguins if they went after him at the trade deadline. He's certainly helping the Vegas Golden Knights at the moment. And that's 27-year-old Ivan Barbashev. Would he help or hurt the Penguins, Horwat? I think I know the answer. Oh, would he ever help? Yeah, Oh, my help. goodness. That's uh, an end of discussion. No, it's uh, what more needs to be said, really. I do we need to read the numbers? Do we need to say what he's doing in the postseason? Do we have to talk about how that team, you know, is about to win the damn thing? There's all kinds of different directions you can go with this conversation, and we just know that he's helping. Uh, in his full 82-game season, you know, with a trade, 16 goals, 29 assists for 45 points, which is good. Then have you seen his playoff numbers this year? In 19 games played, six goals. 11 assists for 17 points. 
This man's good. This is a pretty good player. Yeah, he's a good player. He's not slow. He's not, again, none of these players are burners, but they're certainly somebody that can lean towards playing the speed game. But he's also physical. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, was he physical in game two. Uh, obviously, we hope for the best for Radko Gudis, but that was one of the most bone-chilling reverse hits I have seen in a long time. And a lot of people are saying, ah, oh, it's predatory. It was it was dirty. I don't see that. I think it's a reverse hit. Um you know, he, he shouldered ahead. Yeah, unfortunate. But Rad, I mean, it, it to me that looked clean. So did the Matthew Kachuk hit on uh, Jack Eichel. I, I didn't see any real massively dirty hits in that game. Certainly not from Ivan Barbashev. Uh, and that shift alone, he had three massive freaking body checks. And not to mention the fact that he's great offensively as well. So at 27 years old, you're catching him right in his prime. You're going to pay the Stanley Cup tax if you try to bring him in. He's right now making $2.25 million. That's probably going to go upwards of three and a half, close to four, I would say, for next season. Uh, But when you're looking for somebody that can help out your bottom six, man, that would be a great get for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know how they would be able to get him and afford to be able to fix all these other areas, as we'll talk about goaltender in the next segment. But uh, it certainly would be nice if they would be able to bring in Yvonne Barbashev. Yeah, I didn't realize how much he throws the body around. He had 182 hits this past season between uh, the two between the two teams. He's got 59, I think I saw so far in this postseason. I didn't realize all that. That's the kind of thing we like. Whenever we were discussing him during the trade deadline, I didn't. I would have been all for him had I understood that part of his game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm much like you. I'm back on the uh, the Ivan Barbashev train. That 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 dollar amount's gonna skyrocket though. Oh yeah, that's going to be a huge issue for for the Penguins and anyone who tries to sign him. That's going to be a large dollar amount, especially if they close this out soon. I'm not sure how many conversations Kyle Dubas has had at this moment uh, with Evgeny Malkin, but he needs to rope Evgeny Malkin in and get him on the uh, on the train here and say, hey, listen, Gino, we need you to make your pitch to to Barbashev because uh, we need to bring your fellow Russian over, we need that help in the bottom six. So uh, let, let's hope that Dubas uh, can can play the cards right and and hopefully maybe even get Barbashev at a discount. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, at 27 years old, uh, having the playoffs that he's having, he's probably going to cash in and probably going to be out of the Pittsburgh Penguins price range. But if he's not, certainly would look good on this roster next season. He would. He's going to get a huge paycheck, though. It's going to be well-deserved. 100%. 100%. So... We've talked about forwards. It's time, as we're going to do until there is news to be made, to talk about the goaltenders. Earlier this week, I talked about Connor Hellebuck, and I will give you this answer, Horwat. Connor Hellebuck's numbers will not be in this next segment. We're going to play Name That Stat Line, which is a game that if you've been a listener for a long time, we play a lot. Actually, we play like three or four times a year, but we need to start playing more often because it's a nice and fun and engaging exercise here. We'll take a break real quick, and then when we come back, we'll talk about that and and play Name That Stat Line. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Well, we teased it at the end of the last segment. We're going to get into it here. Name that stat line, Horwat. 
where you will have three guesses to name the player that I am talking about based on simply their stat line. These are all free agent or potentially trade acquirable. I don't know how to even say that. Trade block goaltenders. That's how they're we'll say that. They're on the trade market. Yeah, <laughs> they're on the market. They're rumored to be available from their current team. They're all goaltenders because the Pittsburgh Penguins' number one priority this offseason is goaltender. So, Horwat, are you ready? We have five names here. You already know one of them is not Connor Hellebuck. Okay, knock that one out. There you go. Uh, let's start with this gentleman. 90 games played in the last three seasons. He has a 40-37-8 record, 9-18 save percentage, 2.51 goals against average, and 33.1 goals saved above expected. Can you name that stat line, Mr. Horwat? He said free agent or trade market value goalie. How many games did you say? 90 in the last three? 90 games in the last three seasons. Ooh, 90. 90's what's throwing me off because that's about 30, they're about 33, 30 a season? 30 a season. Let's do math correctly. <laughs> yes. Um, Which isn't your normal starting goaltender numbers. Uh, so I would have to think it's somebody young or that was a backup, which doesn't help me at all. <laughs> because <laughs> I love the outward thought process that you're going through here. Because there's only so many people it can be. Um, is Frederick Anderson an, an, an answer? It is not Frederick Anderson. Do you want one of your two guesses? Uh, you mean hints, but yes. Hints, yeah. One of your two hints. This goaltender was drafted in the first round by the Washington Capitals in the 2006 NHL entry draft. 2006? 2006. <laughs> you were saying young goaltender. I was like, not quite, but uh, oh, we'll, so we'll then try to point um, you in a different direction here. Oh, his name's not coming to me. The one that we played in two thousand, uh, played against in two thousand nine in round two. Oh, I can't remember his name, but is it that one? The name's not coming to me. Uh, are you speaking of Semyon Varlamov? Varlamov, yes, played with Colorado for a couple seasons. Yeah, that Semyon Varlamov, and most recently was the one B goaltender. And now backup goaltender in the New York Islanders organization. Yep. Semyon Varlamov, 90 games played, 33.1 goals saved above expected. So he hasn't played poorly in his time in New York. Certainly wasn't when it was the 1A, 1B with him and Robin Leonard. But with Ilya Sorokin there, now Varlamov's playing time has taken a dip. And he is a free agent this summer. What would you think of Semyon Varlamov coming to the Pittsburgh Penguins? I kind of forgot he was on, on the island in the first place. Um... <laughs> He's old. I would assume he'd be coming in in a backup role, and uh, we would probably still have to find a starter. <laughs> I, I mean, unless you're rolling with Jari again, but if he's looking for five to six years on a contract, yikes. Uh, I'm avoiding Varlamov just because I'm assuming he would be a backup, and mm -hmm. we need to worry about a starter first. Yeah, 35 years old, probably not hiring him to be uh, your, your no-doubt starting goaltender. And Semyon Varlamov hasn't been a no-doubt starting goaltender since his time in Colorado. So I wouldn't hate the idea of Varlamov if he comes in on a massive discount as the backup, like you said, That's even fine. as a 1B. Like you said, if, if they bring back Tristan Jari, Semyon Varlamov has been a proven backup, has been a proven 1B option in the NHL for a 
the past several seasons. And when you look at his numbers, I mean, yeah, the, the record isn't phenomenal. Let's not forget how bad the Islanders were last season. Uh, not this past one, but the one previous to it when they missed the playoffs. And a 918 save percentage still with a 2.51 goals allowed average. I don't know how much of that is being protected by the fact that at that moment, for most of the, these games, he was on a Barry Trotz coach team that values keeping the score low. Uh, but still good numbers for the 35-year-old. Not terrible. Yeah, it just it interest, it's just he gets overshadowed also because he's on the Islanders and he's playing behind arguably one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah, 100%. So it, it gets difficult there. I, like you said, when you said the Islanders, I forgot he was there. And then they pulled his stats up. He's been there for three, three or four seasons. Since when? <laughs> he like, was on that team, I believe, both series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Both definitely of the not the starter, two. but yes. No, he was, it, you know, Sorokin was the starter in the most recent one. And then was it Leonard in, in, the, in, the, in the one where the Pittsburgh Penguins got swept? I think it was Robin Leonard. It may have been because uh, Varlamov was not yet there. Oh, okay. Well, what do we got here? Makes sense. Playoffs. Oh, he was also the 1A1B with Thomas Grice at, at some point there. Thomas Grice Yikes. was up in the Islanders at one point, too. So. Oh, and he had that really bonkers season. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Leonard played eight games in the postseason uh, that season. Yeah, he played all eight. Yeah, because they swept us and they got swept. Yeah. So, yeah, Robin Leonard's the, the goalie that did it okay. with Thomas Grice as the backup. I forgot Thomas yeah. Grice's bonkers season. Yes. Yes. So... Simeon Varlamov were both kind of okay if you bring him in as the backup, but you have other other work to do. Let's talk about this second goaltender. 107 games played. 69 wins, 33 losses, and 7 overtime losses. A 9-11 save percentage, 2.44 goals against average, and 13.6 goals saved above expected. Ignoring the analytics stats. <laughs> um... Coming up, free agent. How many games did you say in the last three seasons? 107. Three seasons, 107. Your, your long Tristan division Jari in this list. Is Tristan Jari? I will say Tristan Jari is in this list, but this is not Tristan Jari. So that's that's going to count as one of your uh, one of your that's guesses there, bud. Fine by me. Do you have another hint here? Because I. 107. I Also, you threw me off at the Varlamov thing, so now I'm completely forgetting who's available. <laughs> All right, your one hint or one of two hints I could give you is this goaltender has played under Kyle Dubas in the past. <laughs> is, that, is this one Freddie Anderson? This is Freddie Anderson. I was so this close. This is 100% Freddie Anderson. Do you think the Penguins should acquire or at least inquire about Freddie Anderson's services for next season. So Frederick, that's such an he's such an interesting one because he's a little older. You know, 33, gonna be 34 before the start of the season. Um, but also injury prone. I think you were the one that called him just an older Tristan Jari. Yeah. Um and I can understand that. I think his numbers are his numbers inflated because it's Carolina, maybe slightly. But also just looking at those starting numbers. I mean he said hundred and seven games in the last three seasons that includes 24 in the oh i have to remember that there's a lockout or not a lockout shortened season a covid shortened season as part of these numbers mm-hmm. oh all right um well he had he played 24 games that season that was his last year at toronto 52 last year which is pretty good 
and then 34 this past year. Dude's, dude does get injured fairly often. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I would avoid it as well. And I know I'm slim. I'm slimming down the list of options for the Penguins here, but I think you you have to hit a home run with your goalie this year. Oh, you 100%. have to. So if Frederick Anderson's only going to net you a double, you have to avoid it. Exactly. I mean, here's the thing: the Carolina Hurricanes had one of the most stable goaltending rooms for over a decade. It was Cam Ward. Cam Ward, and hey, who wants to be the backup? It was Cam frickin' Ward. The Carolina Hurricanes, since Cam Ward has left, have just treated goaltenders like bubblegum. They chew them up, and they spit them out. Uh, you, you look at what? Alex Nedeljkovic, Peter Mrazek, Antti Ranta, uh, Pyotr Kochetkov, now Freddie Anderson. Th- these guys, they run through goaltenders, and they always use multiple, multiple goaltenders every single season. I think I'm even missing one or two uh, in the last couple of seasons. So do I want to go after Freddie Anderson? Not particularly, but I do think that when he is on and when he's healthy, he is still a number one goaltender in the league. You're just taking the gamble that he's going to be on and going to be healthy. And with where the Pittsburgh Penguins have been at the past three seasons with the health of their goaltenders, that's not something I want to sign up for once again. Now, will Kyle Dubas disagree with that? Potentially. Because he knows more about Freddie Anderson. He has a history with Freddie Anderson. And he knows what makes him tick. So does that lead to Freddie Anderson potentially coming to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Possibly. Especially because he's going to get a lesser contract than he did before. He's taking a pay cut because he didn't outperform what he was making on his previous deal. So it's going to be interesting to see if Freddie Anderson ends up ever being actually tied to the Pittsburgh Penguins because of that connection with Kyle Dubas. Uh, But I don't think that he would be the answer for the Penguins as a starting goaltender. No, he wouldn't be. Like, it's plain and simple, you have to hit a home run. You have to. If you net a double or a triple, cool, that's good. You, you got a good, that means you got a good goalie, but it's not going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. He might get you into the playoffs, but he's not going to get you on that deep run that you're looking for. Yeah. So, let's move over to the next one. We're taking a little bit more time on this, but it's because it's the goaltending position, and it's something that we're going to talk about all summer long uh, until a move is made. This goaltender... Kyle did call it the... The most important position, too. So that's, that's exactly right. So this goaltender, last three seasons, 144 games played. 80, 40, and 16 record. Or sorry, 83, 40, and 16 record. 913 save percentage, 2.66 goals allowed average, and 30.4 goals saved above expected. That's a really good goalie. Is that Connor Hellebuck? <laughs> Is not Connor Hellebuck. Who's left? <clears throat> That's it. Just sounds like a really good. Because what was that record? Eighty-three wins, forty losses, and sixteen overtime losses. Ton of starts or a ton of games played. Mm-hmm. One hundred forty-four, no doubt, starting goaltender. I forget who's left. John Gibson. That is not John Gibson. No, no. John Gibson does not great. have that good yeah. of a record with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, his numbers aren't that great. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Who's what that kind of that amount of games is what's throwing me off? Mm-hmm. Who was for sale? Can I get the hint that's going to give me the answer? Your hint. He was a second round draft pick in 2013. That's not going to give me the answer. 2013 second round. Who was available? Yikes! Yikes! I have no idea. You have no idea. Do you do you want to give up on this one? 
No, you have a second hint for me, or is it game over? Second hint, his amateur team was the Edmonton Oil Kings. Are you reading me Tristan Jari's numbers? Those are Tristan Jari's numbers. I hate this so much. I hate this game. What did you say? Oh, that's a really good goaltender. Oh, is that, that is Connor really Hellebuck? Goal. No, that so, is Tristan Jari, who is the incumbent starting goaltender on the Pittsburgh Penguins, looking for a new deal. Rumored to be uh, five or six years is what he's looking for. Man. I, the issue is, is, what are his numbers not including last year? <laughs> or this past season? I can look that up really quickly. M- much better than what... Um, see, that's what... He, he just had such an enigma of the... of this past season that um we're just ready to pull up pull the carpet from him right Mm -hmm. also i didn't realize he played that many games that's interesting so the previous two seasons before this one he had a 915 save percentage so his save percentage dipped down two points because of his performance this past season he had a 2.55 goals allowed average so that jumped about 0.11 and uh, he had 22.5 goals saved above expected which means this season he had about eight goals saved above expected for the Pittsburgh Penguins. What a weird team the Penguins were. Did we throw all of our baggage onto Tristan Jari? Because even looking at this past season, okay, the save percentage of goals against average aren't great. No. He was 24-13-7, which equates out to 24-20, and 20, which isn't totally terrible, but it's mm-hmm. not good enough. Here's the thing. It's the injuries, it's the inconsistencies, it's everything else that got in the way. If Tristan Jari had never played a playoff game up to this point, would people be that upset about it? Forgot about the playoffs, too. Yeah, I... So, when it's... This is a great experiment, by the way. Thank this you. is why I was looking at this, and this is why goal saved above expected is so important, because that tries to take out the team you're playing for. Mm-hmm. Right? That is the goal saved above expected from an average NHL goaltender. Freddie Anderson over the last three years, 13.6. He is considered one of the the most impressive names on the free agent market. Semyon Varlamov, 33.1. That's great, right? But the rest of his numbers, it's only in 90 games played. Tristan Jari played 54 more games and has three less goal saved above expected. That's it. That's, yeah... Now, would I give him five to six years? No. <laughs> I wouldn't give him five to six years, especially with a chronic hip injury. But I also think everybody's focus right now is how he performed after the hip injury. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, he was a Vezina caliber goaltender in the first two two months of the season. The yeah. numbers he was putting up, he had like a 940 save percentage. He did the bulk of his work when it comes to goal saved above expected. I think he was at 15 or so before he got injured. He was extremely impressive even when the penguins were on that seven game losing streak it was not on tristan jari right we all knew that at the time so people forget how good he was at the beginning of the season the problem is how impactful is that hip injury going to be like that is questionable and as i mentioned you cannot forget how poor he's performed in the postseason up to this point in his career. Now, was that just one series? Yes, it's a very small sample size. He had a bad series against a New York Islanders team that just seems to have the Pittsburgh Penguins number over the past five seasons. So you can't give him five to six, but could you give the guy a four-year deal? At f- I, man, I don't it know, might be your best option. That's the problem. That is the problem. The interesting thing is, I know it's 
wrong to eliminate his 11-0-2 run from the, from these numbers. But you, you eliminate that 11-0-2 run, and suddenly you're looking at a goalie that put together a 13-13-5 season. Yes, the one thing that I look at with record is what's in front of them. Cause that, of course. That, I mean, the Penguins team as a whole was putrid. I mean, I mean, obviously excluding the guys that went over a point per game and were great in the top six, but defense was bad. It was really yep. bad last season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It dropped significantly. The bottom six did not contribute for 90% of the season. And Tristan Jari was playing injured. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, a reason it's... that Sullivan kept saying, you know, we're still trying to get him up to speed. Like, he is not 100%. That's basically, he was sounding the alarms like, hey, our goaltender isn't 100% right now. And they're saying it might not be injury. He's just not playing at the top of his game. He's such a... The, the, the goalie situation the Penguins have this summer is such a work of art <laughs> that it, it's one of those weird works of art that you look at and go, it's definitely an abstract painting. It's gothic. Yeah, what what beauty can be pulled from this? Um, because he might be the best option, yes. Is he truly, though? Because, again, like I said, I said a couple things before, both of these on Freddie Anderson. Were his numbers inflated because of the team in front of him? Probably a little bit. But also, you have to hit a home run here. Yeah. Is Tristan Jari going to net you that home run? Yeah. Hard to say. Um, so, I, uh, I also want to see so much change on this team that I'm saying... Move on from Tristan Jari. I struggle to... You, I, I, free agent targets aren't going to be the answer, I believe, it seems, to either. You might just have to make the trade for somebody big. But, again, who? Mm-hmm. There's so much... Like that's, that's This is why it's a work of art. It's so complicated that so many different facets from multiple different people around the NHL are going to be involved in this. It's going to be exciting, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll see, because remember the last time the Pittsburgh Penguins needed a goaltender on the free agent market, they brought in Antti Niemi, but uh, let's not get into that. Uh, let's move on, and we have two more of these. We'll, we'll burn through them really quickly, because Tristan yeah. Jari was the uh, the one I wanted to get you to. This player, 97 games played, so right back down to 1B or backup level. 40, 36, and 14 record. A 907 save percentage, 2.98 goals against average, and only 2.1 goals saved above expected over the past three seasons. Is this one John Gibson? This is not John Gibson. Dang. Okay, I don't know. I'll keep him quick and just uh, not ask for hints. I'll just go. I do not know. Okay, that's Alex Nedeljkovic, a goaltender <laughs> that a lot of players have, or a lot of players, uh, a lot of fans, and a lot of people on social media have highlighted as a potential answer to the Penguins' goaltending woes. 2.1 goals saved above expected over the past three seasons does not scream answer to the Penguins' problems to me, Horwat. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Uh, I mean, decent 1B. He had he had, that one, he had that one good season with Carolina, correct? Correct. And then, and then Carolina said, I don't want to pay you. And uh, Detroit said, I'll pay you. And then it bit them in the butt. Yep. Then he cashed out and then it fell apart, which is quite funny. No offense to Alex Nedeljkovic. I'm sure he's got skill in him. I mean, he is good enough to play in the NHL one way or the other. Mm-hmm. We'll probably earn a contract because of that one season. Um, oh, man. And by one season, hold on. Let's clarify that. One back half of the season, right? Mm-hmm. He was 15-5 and five in 23 games. 15-5-3 and three in 23 games. That's how you played the whole year. So, anyway. He played enough to get a, what, rookie Calder Trophy votes? 
He was the finalist. Finished third on the all rookie team. Uh, I don't know how many games need to be minimum to quote unquote lead the league in save percentage or goals against average, but it's nine thirty point nine thirty two save percentage and uh, one point nine goals against average is pretty good. Yeah, what even if it the is next only couple seasons. Games. Yikes! Yeah, because he's down at a nine oh seven right now. So if he started with a nine twenty three in that first season, went went to a nine oh one and an eight ninety five. Ooh. Yeah, and no, again, uh, no thank on, you. on Detroit, uh, understandably, Detroit is a rebuilding team, but the, the 2.1 goal saved over expected and the, the lows of the lows that we've seen from Alex Nedeljkovic over the past couple of seasons, he's not the answer for your starter, 100%. As a backup or a 1B, is he just Casey DeSmith? Is is he not just Casey DeSmith just, at this point? Just, just a younger Casey DeSmith. It's just a different name, yeah. and he's younger. <laughs> and might be cheaper. So at that at that point, if he's younger, cheaper, and the same goaltender, I guess it would be a net positive. But you know, the Penguins need a starter uh, first, so I would suggest they figure that out. And it's not Alex Nedeljkovic. Last one here, 143 games played, so one less than Tristan Jari. Hmm. Looking at a no doubt starter, record of 41 wins, 76 losses, and 26 overtime losses, a oh. 902 save percentage which is below league average at this point, 3.43 goals against average, which is worse than league average at this point, and taking out the defense in front of him, negative 21.3 goals saved above expected. By far the worst of any goaltender we've mentioned here on this show today. Is this one Pittsburgh native John Gibson? Uh, this is Whitehall native John Gibson, yes. Hilarious. Yeah, I know. Um, listen, I know those numbers suck, and it really is the Pittsburgh draw that has everyone clamoring for him it is it is did i fall for the bait absolutely (laughs) um at the same time we all acknowledge that john gibson was at one point a very good goalie who deserved a better team in front of him yeah there's a reason the anaheim ducks for so many years just kept winning the pacific division they were a good team he was a good goaltender but guess what the team got worse in front of him he held he held the fort down as long as he could and at this point he might be, who knows what he might be, but he's certainly not somebody that you trade the farm for, which is nope. what Anaheim's going to ask. Yeah. That's the issue is that Anaheim's going to have a big ask for him. Uh, I mean, he could have been a solid option a couple seasons ago, right? I think that's also part of the mystique is that we should have gone for, in hindsight, obviously, hindsight being 2020 here with what we've gotten with Jari. Um, we wanted Jari to, you know, excel a lot more than what he did. But uh, in hindsight, maybe we should have gone for John Gibson back then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe the Penguins should have protected Matt Murray over, or sorry, protected Mark Andre Fleury over Matt Murray. I mean, exactly. We, we could play that game all day. Uh, maybe exactly. the Pittsburgh Penguins should have protected anybody besides Teddy Bluger and Jeff Carter who they protected in the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Uh, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know. You could, Maybe, 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 maybe's don't win Stanley Cups, unfortunately. Protecting uh, Teddy Bluger was that. That was the fun pick, though. That was the fun. Let's We're going to we're gonna be a little cheeky here and protect Teddy Bluger. Here's one thing. He was, he was young at yes. the time. He was already established as a fourth-line center in this league. I could see you projecting him to potentially become your third-line center and saying, hey... We're built down the middle, yes. 
protecting the 36-year-old at the time, Jeff Carter, over 24-year-old Jared McCann. Or trading Jared McCann, sorry. They didn't even have the opportunity to. Trading Jared McCann because you didn't want to protect him. That's 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 an issue. Uh, that's yeah. why you get fired less than two years later. That's <laughs> all roads why lead to Ron Hextall, guys. Yeah, all, all roads lead to Ron all Hextall. All roads. Always coming back to the central point of this offseason, which was let's continue to throw fuel on the fire at Ron Hextall's wake because he's probably not getting another job in the NHL. Not anytime soon, at least. I mean, def, probably def not as GM again. No, nobody's going to be like, yeah, here's the keys to the car. Certainly the last two that you've put into a ditch and, and totaled entirely. You won't do that to our car, will you? Yeah, the answer is yes. He will total your car, 100%. <laughs> do not give him the keys, honestly. Yeah. So buzz driving is drunk driving, Horwat. Did you not know this? Uh, <laughs> but that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I watch too much television and watch too many commercials. Uh, we will be back next week with more off-season content and potentially some news to talk about. Who knows? Now that there's a sitting president of hockey operations, contract news can drop at any moment. So keep yourself on your toes and keep yourself bookmarked and subscribed to Tip of the Iceberg podcast, to Inside the Penguins on YouTube, and make sure you bookmark InsideThePenguins.com for all the up-to-date information on the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.